0: thank you, thank you. It's the Lord it's good to see everybody tonight <clears throat> if you will in just a moment we're going to go over in fact let's start there let's go ahead and start there uh, I was going to finish up this series last week but Lord just keeps giving me thoughts and so we're just going to keep going with it but uh, before we get into and we've been talking about unsuspecting Superpowers, and we've been over in Philippians the second chapter. We're going to take another text uh, of Scripture tonight, but let me just let me just share this with you and I. I may bring out some more points on this text next week, but I believe it's one that we need to hear and we need to operate in. Amen, Father. We ask in the name of the Lord Jesus that you would just reach down and touch our hearts, Lord. Give me, a, Lord God, a, a voice, Lord God, to speak, Lord, your voice. And, Lord, I pray that we have ears to hear. In Jesus' name we pray. Again, everybody said amen. 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 Unsuspecting superpower. Uh, in Philippians, the second chapter, it says, let, this, let nothing be done through selfish ambition or conceit, but in lowliness of mind let each esteem others better than themselves. Let each of you look out, notice this, look out, not only for his own interest, but also the interest of others. Interesting. Now Romans says this, Romans 12 and 15, "Rejoice with those who rejoice, and weep with those who weep." Now First Corinthians 12:26 says it this way: "If any member suffers, all the members suffer with it. Or if one member is honored, all of the members rejoice with it. Talking about the body of Christ. Now we're going to get into this a little deeper when we talk about unity. But I believe we have the mourning with those who mourn down. Amen? I think we, can, we, we, we feel suffering when others around us are suffering. But how many know, folks, that it's sometimes more difficult to rejoice with those who've been honored God. when we're not been honored. God. It's it's a little harder to celebrate when you're not being celebrated. But the Bible says let us esteem the needs of others more than our own. And my belief is this. We as the body of Christ, as we come together and we talk about these superpowers, that is the very mind of Christ. Let this mind be in you, which was also in Christ Jesus. That word let, a reminder once again, it is allowing that mindset to be your mindset. It is a refusal of any other mindset. So I will go as far to say this. Whenever someone is trying to accomplish something, we should be supporting them. Amen? Whenever someone, one of you, re- receives a reward, we, are all, we should all be rejoicing with you. You are not here for me. I am here for you. I'm going to leave that right there. All right, we've been talking about unsuspecting superpowers. So who can name for me the the first one we talked about? Selflessness. Selflessness. How is that a superpower? I hope you have discovered that to be a superpower. When you walk into a room and you're not interested in how everybody is looking at you, that's called selflessness. When you walk into a room and you're more interested in being the, uh, the helper instead of being helped, that's selflessness. But also we talked about, what was the second one that we discussed? Humility. You know what the beautiful thing about humility? It's just like the river that is dried up. When the water begins to flow, the water flows to the lowest point first. God flows to the lowest point. The Spirit of the Lord, His grace flows to the lowest point first. Amen? Humility, humility is not thinking less of yourself. It is not a a, a measure of your personality. It's not whether you're an A type, a B type. It doesn't make any difference. It's knowing your source. It's understanding the source that you draw your strength from. Last week, we talked about what? servanthood servanthood being like christ let this mind that mindset that mindset where i i enter into a workplace scenario i enter into a family situation i walk into a relationship with with others and my mindset has to be that of christ amen doesn't have to be but we choose that to be That when I walk in, I'm looking not for the higher seat. I'm looking for the lower seat. Waiting to be called up. I don't know about you, but sometimes it's hard to be waiting to be called up. If you don't have the right mindset. But when you walk in with the right mindset, you're not even on the defense of what other people think or say about you. Why? Because you've got the mind of Christ. You're walking in humility, you're walking in selflessness, you're walking in servanthood. And you will discover those genuinely are superpowers that God gives us by nature, by his spirit. Now, you ready for your superhero logo test? I've been having to dig deep. I'm going to have to run out of this series because I'm running out of the ones I even know. So pull pull those up. Oh, you're good. You don't know? You, just, you didn't know Ant-Man? I was going to give her a cheat sheet, let her impress you, but she said, no, don't do that. Okay. What's the next one? What was that? Are you cheating up there, Nathan? No. Okay. I'm just teasing you. I, I will tell you the superhero fans have enjoyed this. Okay. What's the next one? What? Kenny? Can you hear it? Wasp. Oh, you're good. I would have called that the hourglass. Okay. (laughs) Nope. What? What? Who said that? You get two stars. Thank you. Is there another one up there? The Falcon. That's the Falcon. Is there another one? Is that it? Okay, thank you. You can pull those down. Now, I don't know... I don't know what their theological standing is on anything, okay? I I don't know what most of those are. I I might have seen a cartoon or two, okay? I just throw that out there because it's fun, amen? It's just fun. We know who the superhero is. And no, it's not me. It's Jesus, amen? And guess what? The superhero lives inside of the heart of every person who has accepted him as Lord and Savior. The greatest of all time lives inside of you. God the Son lives in you by God the Spirit, and He is alive and well inside the church, no matter what the reports are on the outside. Now, I want to talk to you about another superpower tonight, and it's one we've discussed in the past, but I want to refresh your memories. Let's look in in 2 Corinthians, the 12th chapter. 2 Corinthians, the 12th chapter. And we're going to go in a direction a little bit different tonight as we look at this passage of Scripture. Why you look here in 2 Corinthians, the 12th chapter, and this is Paul, and those of you Bible students, you know that Paul was afflicted with a thorn in the flesh. In the first few verses of this chapter, he's talking about how that he had ascended into heaven and he received an abundance of revelation, and then we take up the story here in verse 7 of 2 Corinthians, the 12th chapter, 2 Corinthians 12, 7. And least I should be exalted above measure by the abundance of the revelations. A thorn in the flesh was given to me. Now notice what is attached to this thorn in the flesh. A messenger of Satan to buffet me. Least I be exalted above measure. Concerning this thing I pleaded with the Lord three times that it might depart from me. And he said to me, my grace is sufficient for you, for my strength is made perfect in weakness. Therefore, most gladly, I will rather boast in my infirmities that the power of Christ may rest upon me. Therefore, I take take pleasure in infirmities, in reproaches, in needs, in persecution, in distresses, has he lost his mind? For Christ's sake! For when I am weak, then I am strong. He said, "The Lord's strength is made perfect in my weakness." So, hear this tonight. When we talk about weakness, in the the simple definition of textbook definition of weakness is the state or condition. Of lacking strength I don't have the ability to do such-and-such I don't have it within my reasoning skills to get myself out of a situation I don't have the influence the affluence to do maybe something that's out there in front of me to do now with Paul we don't know for sure what this thorn in the flesh was could have been a physical infirmity could have been a result of, of the possibility of, of his numerous beatings that he took. We don't know this. It could have been the, uh, the lingering thoughts of his past. We don't, we don't have any hard-clad evidence as to what he doesn't define that thorn of the flesh. And probably good for your sake and for my sake. And it's not an excuse to say, Lord, I'm going to stop praying for this area of my life. For Paul, it was a thorn that was in his flesh, and it was allowed. And what we do see in that is that what was attached to that was a messenger. How many have ever been sick and not been spoken to by the devil? How many have ever had sickness come upon you, and all of a sudden it was a measure of your self-worth? Come on, am I living in the same world you're living in? What have I done to deserve this? Why has this come upon me this way? There's always that voice attached to to that thorn, whatever that thorn may be. But that's not the part I want to focus on tonight. What I want to focus on is Paul says, I celebrate my infirmities. I celebrate my distresses. I celebrate those areas, as one translation says, because when I am weak, He's strong. Anybody pick up on the superpower there? Not strength. Weakness. Weakness is not your enemy. Weakness is your friend. I'm not saying invite sickness on you. That's not the point we're trying to make. What I'm saying to you is when you don't have the strength, when you feel weak, now God's strength can come into the situation. Now, weakness, hear me, weakness, we have many times, has used, we have used that as an excuse to get out of an activity. No, weakness is what empowers me by the Spirit of God to accomplish the task that is before me. Oh, Lord, there's a big multitude that's hungry, and we've got to feed them. I don't know what to give them. He said, what do you have? The disciples didn't even have anything. They took a little boy's lunch. I don't know if the little boy willingly gave it away, but the disciples ended up with his lunch and fed a multitude with the boy's lunch. See, that's weakness that's been turned to strength. That's weakness that's been turned to strength. Now, I want you to notice something here. Some of you are going to pick up on this real quick. But notice there in verse 9. When Paul pleaded with the Lord, so it's something that genuinely bothered him. He pleaded with the Lord. Lord, take this thing from me. And the Lord said to me, My grace is sufficient for you. My strength is made perfect and weakness. Now that that word strength there has a strong concordance number, 1411. I like that. That's for your information. 1411. And that word there is dunamis. to recognize that word? Dunamis, which means force which means miraculous power, ability, abundance, meaning, might, mighty, mighty indeed, mightily, worker of miracles, power, strength. It means miracles. Word dudamus we find in Acts 1 and 8, where the Lord says, I want you to go wait until you be endued with dudamus, power from on high. That you may be witnesses for me, both in Jerusalem, Judea, Samaria, and the uttermost parts of the world. So, folks, what happens is whenever we find ourselves weak, and I can't tell you how weak I felt whenever I was called to be a minister of the gospel. It was sad. It was laborious. It was cruelty even to the hearers. Come on, amen. Mom will tell you, if I'm lying, I'm dying. I'm telling you, it was it was brutal. It was brutal. Study all week, get up, and couldn't say anything. I thought the Lord played a cruel joke on me in the world. I thought he sent me there to punish the people that had to receive it. I didn't understand why I had all this rage of, 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 of things that would come up that I this articulation that would begin to. Just begin to fire off in my mind, but it couldn't come out my mouth. Honest truth. I finally got to where I could get through a few notes without totally and destroying everybody in the room. Truth, truth. Now, our first pastorate would call me to be the uh, they, they called me to be the inner pastor. And my first Sunday to preach behind the pulpit, and I didn't have that much experience, Andrea was getting up to make her way to the back, and I don't think she was going to the bathroom, and she had a need. She just, she was escaping this experience (laughs) because she'd been with me a long time. And my favorite passage of Scripture was, Lord, I can do nothing without you. I can do nothing without you. But Lord, I can do all things through you who strengthens me. And I stood up there in that weak moment at that first Sunday in Kilgore First Assembly of God in Kilgore, Texas and stood behind that pulpit and it felt like inside of me it was the same as every other time that I got up but when I opened my mouth that day my weakness became the Lord's strength because God decided that day to show up and Andrea was making her way to the back and she turned around and she sat down to listen (laughs) why do I share that? It's not for a personal boast or anything. I'm just saying to you, the reality is, is God is not looking for your strength. It's time to park your strength at the door and let's start clinging to weakness. Because what you need is more of the power of God. What you need is to feel the glory of God being saturated on every word so that it can penetrate your heart, to transform your home, to change your life, to do what you cannot do through the power of the Lord Jesus Christ. Now, as we look here, weakness is not an excuse not to do something. I'm too weak. I can't do this. I can't tell you the number of times I've told the Lord that. But there was this urge on the inside of me to get up. There was this fire in my, in my bones that had to kept compelling me to get up. The more I wanted to set, the more it would rage on the inside of me. And finally, at the day appointed, God opened the, the furnace doors and the fire came out. But what I'm saying to you is that weakness that you feel right now, that inability and that inadequacy is the very thing God will use as a catalyst and a doorway and an opening so that his power may flow. Because he doesn't need the mighty, he is mighty. He doesn't need the strong, he is strong. Though he can use the strong as well as the weak because man's strength is weakness in his sight. Are you hearing what I'm saying tonight? Weakness is not your enemy, it is your friend. And if you just begin to cling, not to support your strength and let everybody know how strong you are. And the men, listen to me, it's time we park the ego and start walking in the mind of Jesus Christ and saying, Lord, you have your will. I need not defend myself. You're my defense. I will walk in your mindset, in your image. I will do what I can do only through the power that is the residing on the inside of me that dunamis power now that's where I want to make a little shift and I'm going to show you something here in the word of God as we rely upon see because folks we were never ever 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 never ever ever never never never, ever meant to do this by ourselves wait in Jerusalem Until you get the power. Because the power is what's going to transform the nations. Wait for the power. And his name is Holy Spirit. Wait for the Holy Spirit. Wait for the one to rise up on the inside of your belly and begin to flow those many waters out of you so that other people may be healed. We need the Holy Spirit. Let me say to you, you are, a, you are a appointed at an appointed time. You didn't just show up. Some of you woke up this morning and said, I wish I was born in a different time. I'm sick and tired of the COVID. I'm sick and tired of the news. I want to go back. The way things used to be, they were bad, but they weren't this bad. Some of you got up, and you are suffering literally from COVID fatigue. You're tired of hearing about it. You're tired of reading about it. You're tired of looking at it. Wondering if you got it, if you're going to get it again, if, it's, if this thing is going to work or not work or I'm going to have to have a booster or not a booster or you're just in that place where you're just sick and tired of being sick and tired. Some of you are saying, I would rather either rewind or fast forward this thing. But I'm tired of where I'm at now. The Lord said I know exactly where you're at And I'll put you there Because I need you now I need you in your weakness church To exhibit the strength of the Holy Spirit That's what the Lord is saying You didn't show up here by accident The political parties are not in control of this thing Satan is not in control of this thing The devil is not stronger than the God That lives on the inside of you the antichrist uh, that is rampant in the land today making his mark trying to get his mark trying to do all of the all of the preemptive strike in order to prepare the world uh, for his head rearing Uh, let me tell you greater is the one living in the inside of you the bible tells us uh, very clearly and very plainly greater is he that is in you than he that is in the world it is time that we, as the body of Christ, stop acting defeated. We have the victor living in here. As we look to the Word of God, we see we are not meant nor designed to bring about this revival and this outpouring of the Spirit. All by ourselves. No one wants your children saved more than God wants your children saved. No one wants you healed, delivered, and set free more than God wants you healed, delivered, and set free. I want to share some things with you about the Spirit tonight. I want you to look first off and just make a reference to this. I'm not going to take time to read this because I've got a few places I want to go. I want to talk to you about the ministry of the Holy Spirit. This phrase is used first off in Revelations 3 in verse verse 1. And here it says, the angel of the church of Sardis, the seven spirits of God. Take note of that and the seven stars. Seven spirits of God. Just take note of that. Revelations 3 and 1. Now look with me in Revelations, Revelations, let's skip to the the 5 and 6. Let's go to Revelations 5. Revelations 5 verse 6 And I looked and behold in the midst of the throne and the four living creatures in the midst of the elders stood a lamb as Though it had been slain having seven horns. I want you to note that seven eyes Which are the seven? spirits of God sent into the world now back up to revelations 4 verses 5 through 8 and from the throne proceeded lightning thunder and voices seven lamps of fire were burning before the throne i want you to note that again which are the seven spirits of god Before the throne, there were a sea of glass like crystal in the midst of the throne and around the throne four living creatures full of eyes in front and back. And we're going to talk about them in just a minute. Now, if you're new to Christianity, you may have never heard this teaching or you may have never even noticed that in your reading of the scriptures. But let me say to you, there are not seven spirits of God. There's only one spirit. Isaiah, what we see there is there, this is the ministry of the Holy Spirit, and we find that reference in Isaiah 11. Isaiah 11. We're talking about the ministry of the Spirit and who enables and empowers you and who lives on the inside of you to bring forth the flame and the vision and the authority isaiah 11 1 and 2 there shall come forth a rod if it's not capitalized in your bible capitalized rod because it speaks of jesus from the stem of jesse he's from the offshoot of jesse and a branch shall grow out of his roots the spirit of the lord shall rest upon him the spirit of wisdom the spirit of understanding, the spirit of counsel, the spirit of might, the spirit of knowledge, and the spirit of the fear of the Lord. That's six. But what we see, if you look at the golden lampstand in, just for reference sake, golden lampstand that was in the tabernacle, the temple, there was a single branch that came up the spirit of god and then out of each one came six branches they poured the oil into the lamp and it fueled all seven branches it was one light that came forth but it came forth from seven different branches the ministry of the holy spirit why is that important for you and I? Because the ministry of the Holy Spirit, He resides on the inside of you. And let me say, I have discovered that the only way that truly the dunamis power is working is whenever I'm stepping aside in my weakness and say, Lord, you be strong. Now the Spirit of God begins to move in me and through me, not by my choice or decision, but when He decides, He moves, simply as He wills, And then he brings forth the spirit of wisdom, the spirit of understanding, the the spirit of knowledge, the spirit of the fear of the Lord and the others. That's the moving of the spirit of God. Are you seeing that? One spirit, different ministry aspects of the same Holy Spirit. Now, as we look at that in Isaiah and in Revelation, what we need to know is that the spirit, the Holy Spirit, Lives inside the heart of the church. So when you get in a situation and you don't know what the answer is, the answer is inside of you. He is the Holy Spirit. And though no one may understand who you are, what you are, where you are, where you came from, He knows. Because he has understanding of all things. Amen? This ought to be a little bit more exciting to you. You just didn't wash up uh, on the shore of life uh, just to drudge through uh, and hope you get a little shelter over your head, a little food in your belly, and you can fade off into the sunset one day. Oh, no, 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 no. You've been brought in uh, with dunamis power to exhibit dunamis power and to understand that God has something in store for you now. Not tomorrow, not yesterday. Now. The present time now. How do we get to this place? So glad you asked. I want you to look here in verse 7 of chapter 4. The first living creature, now these creatures are before the throne of God. They worship as we will see. Let's let's back up to verse six. Before the throne, there were there was a sea of glass like crystal. The midst of the throne, around the throne were four living creatures, full of eyes, in front and in back. Are you getting a vision? The first living creature was like a lion, second living creature was like an ox. The third living creature Had a face like a man the fourth living creature was like a flying eagle the four living creatures each having six wings were full of eyes around and within and they did not rest day or night saying holy 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 Lord God almighty who was and is and is to come. Might I submit something to you tonight? As it is recorded about John, he said, I did not come. Or the Bible says he did not, he was not the light, but he came to bear witness of the light. Whatever. You worship whatever I worship. You and I will reflect. These living creatures from the moment of their existence, they are there worshiping around the throne of God. And in the worshiping around the throne of God, they bear the image of God more more to the point they bear the image of Christ one has the image of a human reflecting his humanity one rep, reflects the image of the eagle representing his deity one represents the image of a lion representing his authority And one represent, one there flying, and looks like an ox, reflecting the servanthood of the Lord Jesus Christ. See, because In that, we need to understand that God has lifted us, as we've talked about, to high and heavenly places. He has given us the authority, and he was and is the human that sits upon the throne to bring us into relationship with the Father and the Holy Spirit and the Son. Amen? He was born human, lived human, died human. He rose human to bring us into that fellowship and relationship. But you look at that and say, man, I can buy into the, into the deity. I can buy into the authority because we want the authority. And I can buy into the humanity because that includes me. But I don't know about this beast of burden. Let me tell you, there's servanthood that is represented there in the nature and in the mindset of Jesus Christ. Now, God lives on the inside of us. In order for you and I to reflect God, we've got to worship God. We can't worship Him through our false narratives of who He is. You're not going to create a graven image and tell me who I am. I'm not the big man in the sky. I'm not good with all of that stuff you're saying I'm good with. But I will tell you, I am a good God. I'm a great big good God and He's a God that will bring you into relationship with Himself. Mm. I believe it's time, church, that we stop telling God that He was created in my image and start bearing His image and then we will discover the power that we need in our weakness. Now, I want you to notice two things about the eyes. The creature has had eyes in the front and the back. I've heard my wife tell her children, Mama, how'd you know that? She said, I got eyes in the back of my head. They're looking through her beautiful, curly, blonde locks to see. And Mama really has eyes in the back of their head. But let me tell you when, you, when you reflect the image of God, what you understand about Him is He is just as acquainted with my future as He is with the past. He can see and has already spoken about the end of the road and the promises that i have forgotten about he reminds me of <laughs> he he knows my past he knows my present and he knows my future i'm sorry lord i should have got started on this earlier i got a little bit more to share see we think god has forgotten about us you know why he's not fretting in your fretting it's because he's not worried you know why he sleeps in the boat because he's at rest And you know where we should be right now where he is at rest he didn't he didn't stop the last day of creation because he was weary he stopped because he was finished we need as the body of Christ to start starting at finished amen But I want you to notice something, and I I know there's different interpretations of this, and that's fine. When they preach it, they can preach it their way. I'm just looking at the wording, and I want to draw from the wording. It says that the eyes were also, as it describes the creatures again, that are bearing the image of Christ. As we worship Christ, we will bear his image. You know why it's important for you and I to continue to gather together, especially as we see the day approaching? It's because the Lord is flooding in his image he is flooding in his image like never before it's not that his image had been here he's just showing us his image He's, he's bringing definition and revelation to who he is, to you and to I. And we need to be able to set ourselves in proximity of the reflection of the Lord Jesus so we can see him for who he is. And it's time that we stop defining him and just start to, uh, and letting him begin to refine us. But as we look to the word of God, what we begin to see is that it says it had eyes in the, in the front and in the back. But it also says they had eyes from without and they had eyes from within. Let me tell you, spiritually mature men and women of God, would you worship and reflect God? You can see what's going on around you and you know who's in charge. But you're also fully aware of what's going on within you and you're not pointing the finger of blame as to why you can't have victory. You don't need to be fluffed up. You don't need to exalt yourself above others so that you can feel better about yourself. It's okay because I can rejoice in others' victory, and if I see them struggling, then I'm going to help them. Because I'm not validated by what other people think because that's not where my identity lies. My identity lies in the one in whom I'm facing and the one I'm worshiping. And I want to bear and reflect his image. I don't want to reflect my image. When I look in the mirror, I don't want to see this face because this face is not getting any prettier. It's just getting a little more grayer and a lot more wrinkles. I want to look into the blessed mirror of God and I want to see his image staring back at me. That's what I am after. And let me tell you, it's not you that needs to, it's we get into a situation, into a room, and we're concerned about what everybody else is going to think about us. It's time that we begin to say, Lord, let your glory begin to pour into this place and let the Spirit of God begin to flow in this house. Because the spirit man looks around not in fear, not in anxiety, not with hands ringing and doors locked and shutters and cupboards full and closed. No, the spirit man looks around and says, The Lord is coming, the Lord is coming, the Lord is coming. And then they had the spiritual maturity to look inside. Look in here. Now, all of a sudden, my little kingdom, not even comparable to the true kingdom that we're a part of. You're not here for me. I'm here for you. When that becomes our mantra, you're going to see unity in this house That's right. come on. i'm not talking about unity though are we talking about weakness lord make me weak make me weak what were they crying holy 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 lord god almighty who was and is and is to come holy 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 would you begin to worship god You know what you cry out? You cry out, oh, Lord, you are holy. You are so separated from sin and so set apart to the will of the Father. Lord, I want you to separate me so far from sin so that I can be set apart to the Father. Lord, you did it 2,000 years ago. You did it the moment you stepped into my heart. Lord, bring a revelation, Lord God, of my station and who I am in you. Lord God Almighty, that literally means the all-ruling God. When I'm worshiping the Lord, Lord. I'm crying out holy, holy, holy. I'm crying out the all ruling God. The ruler over all the heavens and all of the earth. It was created by him. It is controlled by him. It stays in existence by him and by his word. He is almighty. He was the God before time. He's the God in time and he's the God of all time. He's the God that was and is and is to come And if you need a miracle, I believe the miracle worker is here Bring your weakness to this altar Lift up your hands Robert is being threatened to lose his big toe I want us to pray We need that man at that door right there Robert, come down, I want to pray with you I want you to come Right now, we're going to pray Miss Davis, I want you to come, we're going to pray Brian's Brian had a hearing yesterday. They got halfway through it, and then they postponed it to a later day. Made no sense, but we're going to pray that God's will is going to be done and that Brian's going to go free. Amen. Grace, I know you've got some, some health things that you're facing. Come on. Come on. Come on. Don't bring your strength down here. Bring your weakness. Carolyn, I want you to stay right here. We're going to pray with you right now, okay? All right. Anybody else? You need prayer. It doesn't matter what it is or what it's for. I want you to come right now. You can mention it or you cannot. Elijah, some of the worship team, come help me tonight. I need some men and women of God. Just come on. Dennis, you want to come help me, if you will. Stacey, Lance, you guys come help me tonight. Anybody else tonight, you want to come and help pray, you come on down here. But right now, I want you to, they're going to begin to play. We're going to begin to believe.